after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're here to talk about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. I look like you done picked the wrong website, Chief. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Genevieve Haz. Hello, Andrew. What you got planned for today? Well, I've got planned um, an escalating parade of commercials from not so great to pretty darn great. All right. I'm excited to hear. I have not... uh, You know, it gets better. I've not been uh, highly involved in this show. I'm excited to see what you what the top of the pops are, <laughs> and what start and where we start. We're starting from the bottom, and now we're here. And now we're here. Um, also, did I gather that we have a jingle? Do we have a jingle to look forward we to? We have a jingle. It's one of my favorites. It's one that I actually often get stuck in my own head. Really? Um, so I'm really glad someone called it in. I had something. This is going to be. Oof, everybody fast forward by 30 seconds. I had something very vintage banging around my head the other day out of nowhere. I'm like, where does this come from? We hear a jingle when we're 10 years old, yeah. and then it just comes back out of the blue and smacks you upside the head as an adult. I don't remember what it is. If I do remember, I'll let you know. If you have one of those, call our voicemail line and sing it to us like apparently another ad counselor did. But let's start with, I guess, the worst. All right. What do you want to start with, Viv? Let's start at the bottom. Um, these are this is a campaign that T-Mobile is running right now that I really wanted to like. This is one of those campaigns that I I've seen the ads a lot. Um, you know, particularly in bars and places where I'm not hearing it, so I'm just seeing the the actors involved. And I'm I'm a I was very excited, thinking like this will be a really funny campaign. And then I went and actually watched the ads. Mm-hmm. And I'll be interested to hear what you think. I thought that they all really kind of fail. Um, basically, T-Mobile has hired the actors Paul Shear. Um, I, people probably know him most from the league, I would guess, or maybe like uh, How Did This Get Made podcast. He's he's one of those actors, comedic actors that he's just been in a million things. And he was in a lot of those like um, Comedy Central shorties, right? Like not Children's Hospital, but like. S V U S T D or yeah. whatever that was. He had a didn't he have one or two of those? Yeah, I think he was in some of those. You know, he's he often works with like Nick Kroll and um, like Rob Hubel and mm-hmm. a lot of those kind of actors, right? Like those mm-hmm. LA comedic actors. He's paired up with Yvette Nicole Brown, who you'd probably most people would know from community. Um oh, yeah. and I like both these actors. I think they're both funny. They both have, you know, good timing. But they have taken these actors and then sort of a handful of other other actors who I, as far as I know, are not known names. And they have them in different scenarios. And each time they're basically playing a whole different set of characters. So they, they use, they take these same four or five actors and have them do a little skit about in like when they're in a football team and when they're in a courtroom, when mm. they're in a talk show. 
and each time of course the ultimate the the punchline is that t-mobile is the best uh like phone service but it just the jokes aren't very funny i feel like a lot of talent gets wasted here and the the switching up of the characters like changing the scenario mm-hmm. and who they are each time just feels really confusing mm-hmm. when we're i think we're more used to campaigns where a character has some kind of continuity. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think I've seen the talk show one. I remember thinking it was kind of clunky. They all run. They all end up feeling very clunky. So let's start with this one. For uh, this one is called Coach. You have um, they're uh, they're it's in a locker room before a football game. They're kind of going over the game plan with the team. Uh, Paul Shear is the coach, and it looks like he's talking to like maybe one of his you know offensive coordinators or something, um, and. As they're talking about the plan, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown will pop in to say that she has a good plan. We're not getting this story out there. We need a plan. I have a plan right now at T-Mobile. Customers on Magenta Max can get the new iPhone 13 Pro, and T-Mobile will pay for it. It has the most advanced iPhone camera ever. I'm talking new customers. I'm talking existing customers like Ronald. The new iPhone on T-Mobile. Let's do it! New and existing customers can upgrade to the iPhone 13 Pro on us. On our most popular Does it do anything after this? Do we have a plan for the second half? Nah, nah, nah. we're going to get cream. We'll be on T-Mobile. At the end, there's an assistant coach saying, are we going to have a plan for the second half? And he says, no, we're going to get creamed. Right. Um, it's, yeah, totally middling. It's, I can see that. I'm sure these are probably airing during football games. I don't think I've seen this particular one. But, like, this is exactly like the middling commercial that you slot in during a football game, like a 4 o'clock game. It's a lot of wasted talent. Mm-hmm. Like, Paul Shear's a really funny guy. He's got great timing. Um, but but and if you were just going to maybe keep him as the coach or somehow keep him and Yvette Nicole Brown as as some kind of uh, like comedic duo, I could kind of get on board with this campaign, mm-hmm. let it build a little bit. Yeah. But instead, they just go right to a different scenario with all of these same actors. This one's talk show. And then this one, this one is really confusing. I've watched it a few times and I want to say what happens is Paul and. Yvette and a third guy are in like in studio doing a sort of a morning chat show, you mm-hmm. know, talk talk show kind of thing. They're in their ugly Christmas sweaters, um, having a conversation, drinking cocoa, and they're they're going live to another reporter who's interviewing people outside a T-Mobile store. It's the most joyous time of the year, especially at T-Mobile. Let's go to Diane. Can you tell us what's happening? Yeah, I got the awesome new iPhone 13 Pro and AirPods, and T-Mobile's paying for them both. Oh, and I get a free year of Apple TV Plus. And this is for new and existing T-Mobile and Sprint customers like me. Back to you. Okay, now we see the shot of the studio again, but all the chairs are empty for a moment. But then Paul Shear and the other two hosts come running past the screen because apparently they're saying, we can't stick around to finish our TV show. We have to take advantage of this deal. Uh, hello? We're going to T-Mobile. Upgrade to the iPhone 13 Pro and AirPods both on us. Like don't, don't these feel like so much story and so much, mm-hmm. so much set dressing and like there's no jokes? Can I tell you a story that kind of haunts me that lives in my head? <laughs> sure. Every single time I see Paul Shear or think about Paul Shear, this story pops in my head. This is something that happened to me that um, or a conversation that I had. And it's almost one of those where, I mean, it's been years. It's been almost a decade. And I keep on wanting to rehab this conversation so I can come up with a better response. <laughs> so do you know who Eddie Pepitone sure. is? Yeah. He's like a... 
he's like a comedian, mostly a stand-up comedian. But he's kind of like I think he's like friends with a lot of of, of the comedians that we like as well. Like, yeah, he's he. I'm sure everybody listening knows of him in some way, but I don't know if he, he pops up a he lot. Pops up. I think there was yeah. even a documentary about him potentially. Um, and he'll make appearances here and there in TV shows when you're watching it. Anyway, he's kind of an I don't know. Is irascible the right word? He's kind of a cranky. He's a crank. Yeah. He's a the, kind of a crank. He's you know he's not um, gonna he's not gonna soft pedal anything for you. And we had him on TBTL. This is a long time ago, back when like Luke was having more like comedians kind of when they would come to Seattle, swing by his old studio, and and we'd do more kind of interviewy kind oh, of the, things. There was a documentary about him. It was called The Bitter Buddha. Yeah, right, right, right. And I think this interview was even before that documentary. Although we might have talked to him about it. It might have been in the works at this point. I don't know. Anyway, I remember I didn't really know who he was. I think I kind of learned who he was for this appearance or something. And he comes into Luke's studio and he's kind of um, he's kind of a ball of energy. Right. And he just like for some reason is is just right off the bat. Well, again, he's kind of cranky and he's kind of complaining about Paul Shear. And I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. He's just like he just doesn't think Paul Shear is funny or uh-huh. something. And maybe he the, maybe he saw these ads. The league was on at this time. And I think Paul Shear was in the league and maybe something else. And I, actually, I think those SVU or SUV, whatever that the Comedy parody, Central TV yeah. show was that Paul Shear was doing. And I was liking that stuff. And then Eddie Pepitone said something about Paul Shear. And I don't know if Luke said, like, oh, Andrew likes him. Or maybe I said, oh, oh yeah, I like him. OK. And Pepitone just looks at me and says, why? Why do you think he's funny? And I was just like, I don't know. It <laughs> makes me laugh sometimes. That's a really hard question to be put it on the really spot. It really is. I, I couldn't I, tell I, you why that, I think anyone's funny in like if you just fired that at me right now. And this wasn't like halfway through an hour long interview. This was I had known Eddie Pepitone for about ninety seconds. Wow. I feel like at this point. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, that might be distorted in my memory, but I, I always. Think of the moment yeah. Eddie Pepitone fired at me. And he wasn't like being mean to me. I think he wanted an answer. Sure. I, you know, Have was, you come up with an answer in the years since? Well, it was one of those things that lived in my <laughs> so head. Do you want me so to much. fire it at you like that? Well, no, Are you ready? No, I don't. Actually, you're right. I should be ready for the yeah, next time. Yeah, get ready. Because I'll tell you what that did to me. I was, because you know me, I'm a pretty, sh- I'm kind of a shy person and, um, I just, I think I was a little, I don't know if star, starstruck is the wrong word, but just like my usual awkward self. And then that's an especially like kind of tough question just to take in this scenario so quickly yeah. from a person I don't know. And so I think what happened was, I mean, I think I've taken a real journey with this thing living in my head. I think I went from thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> Why do I like Paul Shear? <laughs> like thinking, like oh, what an what an idiot I am for liking Paul Shear. I like the way Paul Shear is willing to humiliate himself. Yeah, that's I what think makes he's got me a lot of funny that's qualities. Why I think yeah, he's funny. but I think that was my original thing, which I'm really embarrassed to say. Like I think that it, then I think I for a while is like I'm so embarrassed that I liked Paul Shear in front of Eddie Pepitone. <laughs> it's like who the hell is Eddie Pepitone? And then like and now like you know as more time comes around, I'm like no, I like I like parodies. I like the fact that he really takes the piss out of things. There's yeah. That, that I don't a lot of the comedy I like isn't necessarily broad unless it's a really broad swipe and takedown of another really broad medium and like I think a genre like a genre yeah. I, yeah and like because I just like I don't know when I watch something that is so like unknowingly cliche 
it makes my teeth hurt. You yeah. know what I mean? Just like, oh, how can you just be cranking out this this crap, right? And so when you have a comedian comes along and just like points out and puts a magnifying glass over all of these just like obvious tropes and laziness, right. you know, that is something that I'm drawn to. I don't know if this is, I mean, I don't know if you have Eddie's email. I could maybe write this Another to good him. answer is if Jason Manzukis, patron saint of this show, <laughs> says that he is funny, then he is funny. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I'm sorry. That doesn't get us any closer <laughs> to anything. But well, did you, have I, ever, I don't think I've ever told you that I before, didn't know right? That no. Sh- sorry. I, I no. cannot look at Paul Shear without <laughs> thinking of the time Eddie Pepitone put me on trial for thinking <laughs> that Paul Shear well, was funny. Well, I have to admit that this this episode of ATM is kind of a witness for the prosecution because I don't love these T-Mobile ads. Yeah. But we've got two more that we got to get through here. Okay. So, again, totally different scenario. Same fo- four actors. Um, and this, this time they're in a, a corporate boardroom. And is Eddie Pepitone in this one? He's not in it. I don't think he's in any of these. They should they should really like round these out by having him just come and excoriate Paul Shear. Why do you think you're funny? <laughs> we need to do something now. Pfeffer, what's the plan? Uh, T-Mobile, sir? T-Mobile has great phone offers for every customer on every plan. Okay, hold on a second. Tell me that new and existing customers can get this. Yup, new and existing customers. And they can get other benefits like free stuff or discounts every Tuesday. I was going to say the same thing. That's it. Draw up a con- Track. Wait, what is going on in this commercial? It's just a bunch I of, honestly do not understand. That's what, what I'm the saying. Hell. These are all such a mess. You have Paul, all these people who we've come to know from these other ads, but this time they're dressed in their suits and they're sitting in a boardroom and they've got a, you know, projection on like something's projected on the wall. Um, and they're just having this sort of like debate or argument about whether to have T-Mobile. And Paul Shear's character is one of those type of execs or or corporate drones who just like takes credit for everybody else's idea and, and is totally bankrupt of ideas himself. And Yvette, is it Yvette? Is that my singer name right? I think it's Yvette. Yvette. Um, Nicole Brown is just not in this one. I feel like she pops up at, but they don't use her. They don't, it's unclear who's the, st- I mean, other than maybe Paul Shear. They, they're. It's very unclear, like who's the star of any of these. Yeah, like there's no reason why the, the guy who, like the guy who is mostly getting the lines in this, is not someone I recognize. It's not Paul Shear, and he's the one in the kind of like a, in the headline. It's like the T-Mobile commercial featuring Paul Shear. We need to do something now, Pfeffer. What's the plan? Uh, T-Mobile, sir. T-Mobile has great phone offers for every customer on every plan. Okay, hold on a second. Tell me that new and existing customers can get this. Yup, new and existing customers. And they can get other benefits like free stuff or discounts every Tuesday. I was going to say the same thing. That's it. Draw up a contract. T-Mobile doesn't have annual contracts, sir. I like that. Oh, I like that a lot. Great phone deals on every plan, every day. What a mess. What a goddamn mess. It's just terrible. It's All right, terrible. last one. Another one of these? We'll round it out. Um, same deal. They're all in a courtroom. Paul Shear is the, I guess, um, the prosecuting attorney. Okay. Um, the guy who, in the last one, was singing the praises of T-Mobile as a juror. Yeah, and I think is that Nicole been, has Brown in all of these. Yeah, this white the, uh, guy with the with the red beard. Yes, yeah, so you have yeah. a white guy with a red beard, a white woman, um, the older black man. And uh, Yvette Nicole Brown and Paul Shear. And mm-hmm. in this one, Yvette is the judge. The white woman is the opposing attorney. And I don't know if the black guy's in this one. I'm here to present the facts. 
Thousands of people and small businesses are trapped paying too much for wireless and still paying off their phone. But when you switch to T-Mobile, they will pay off your phone so you can keep your current number and your phone. Objection. What if you bought your phone at AT&T or Verizon? T-Mobile will pay it off. Switch to T-Mobile. We'll yeah, it's like, they, I, I, it's like the idea for these ads. I see there's a little bit of a bit at the end here, so I'm sure it's hilarious. So I should go back to this before I start playing. Do you rest? I do. But T-Mobile never rests. Um, it's like they just said, we have this block of copy that we need yeah. to shove yes. down people's throats. What's, what are some random scenarios where someone could say these lines? And just rattle them off yeah. as loud as possible and as fast as possible in various scenarios. You can They're be yelling so... it as a coach. You can be yelling it as a prosecutor. Just as long as you're yelling it. Just as long as you're yelling it <laughs> and that the mix is a little bit, the music is a little bit too loud in the yes. mix. I, I just, I don't know, man. The whole thing is such a mess. And And you're right, like... If this didn't have famous people in it, you would just say, oh, okay, you just wouldn't even pay attention to it. But they're they're putting some money into it for the talent. They're putting money for yeah. the, to the talent. I don't understand the logic of having them be in different, completely different scenarios each time. And you're right. Like, the copy is the boss of the whole thing, and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand you've got to make your pitch. You've got to make it clear that... I guess you get a free phone from T-Mobile. I watched four of these multiple times. I'm still like a little fuzzy on what the actual benefits of it are. I'm trying to figure out who this uh, white guy with the red beard is. It looks like um, the name of the woman who's in all these is Bane Gibby. Bane Gibby. Bane Gibby, who's also in a whole bunch of other commercials. But um, yeah, and I just you really get the impression that this this other guy with the beard. I mean, he like you said, like the camera's on him more than more than Paul in, in a bunch of these. So I'm trying to figure out who he is, but I can't do that on the fly. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um, let's get a little bit better, shall we? Just a little bit. Let's go to Taco I don't Bell. Wanna, I don't want to make I don't want to get a lot better. Yet. No, just we're going to get a little just bit. Slowly. We're going to get a medium amount okay. of better. Okay. We're going to go to Taco Bell. These Taco Bell ads, Taco Bell is doing a new campaign, and I, I've only seen and was only able to find two of them from this campaign, but I hope they do more because I think it's a, a fun idea that maybe hasn't fully matured yet. Mm -hmm. So um, let's start with this beach one, actually. I think I actually have it out of mm -hmm. order here, but I will put it in the right order. Um, so this is the one that was wrote uh, in pretty heavy rotation. In this one, you have uh, a bunch of cool... I guess either teens or young adults, cool young people. Having one of those beach parties that either you only have if you grew up in Los Angeles yes. or San Diego or they only exist on TV. It's unclear. Like my yeah. entire life, I've been seeing... I know there was one in Karate Kid. Exactly. This is a Karate Kid beach party <laughs> scene. That's a real reference. That's like our anyone our age, that's going to be your reference point for cool beach party. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're always, there's always a fire on Nighttime the beach. Fire. I don't know why the cops are allowing that to happen. <laughs> like where I came from, we weren't even allowed to like be in the metro parks after 9 p.m. <laughs> Um, but meanwhile, apparently... Never mind, have a big bonfire. Yeah, meanwhile, you have a bunch of like high school kids who are allowed to start a big bonfire and drink cans of beer And on also the beach. possibly ride dirt bikes around. And exactly, right. Now, I don't know if these are um, high school kids in this one, maybe more 20s, I Yeah, would but say. very yeah. young 20s. Yeah, if, sure. if anything, college age. So we're sitting around this campfire on the beach. Um, it, everything looks really awesome. Um, everybody's having a great time. 
one of the we're talking about the big karate match coming up we're talking about that big karate match and uh you know uh which dojo is really gonna uh-huh. win this one and uh, a, a very pretty girl looks across the fire and sees a cute guy and they start giving each other the eye and before you know it they've run off together kind of holding hands and flirting and they run into the waves and they're they're kind of standing in the waves and they're just about to kiss a couple of real horn balls <laughs> oh they catch each other's eye now they're running off to the waves just, something's about to happen, right? They're just about to kiss. And then a for some reason a buoy that's on the land uh in the in the shallows tips over and makes the Taco Bell bell sound. Because everybody knows that when a piece of metal hits sand, it, it makes, makes a, a Taco Bell sound. It makes a Taco sound. Bell right, sound. Exactly. I agree. I think the real the real problem I have with this is with the way physics yeah, takes a holiday. Exactly, right. Um but it is kind of cute. So the she hears the Taco Bell bell sound. And she just pieces out, leaves the whole party, walks over to Taco Bell. When you need a taco, you need a taco. Yeah, so she line. just totally just walks away. Just walks away from him. He looks hurt and confused. Yep. And then you just see her in her <laughs> flip-flops. And, and, uh, she somehow and long got a flannel. ride from yeah, away exactly. from the bonfire. I like it because it's almost like you just see the back of her kind of walking into the, the glowing lights of the Taco Bell. And it's almost... It almost it has a zombie effect. You almost are kind of like she or, or um, almost like hypnotism. She see, she hypnotism. See, I don't think I said that right. <laughs> yeah, you said hypnotism. <laughs> Hip, hypnotism. She does seem somehow compelled. Exactly, and so it's kind of like the bell. She heard the bell, and yeah. then she's just like being drawn. Right. To the she light. she yeah. got Manchurian candidated. Uh, with the Taco Bell bell. And this is one that I like the idea of, oh, okay, now let's take this take this conceit that when someone when somehow metal hits metal or sand <laughs> or sand and you hear the Taco Bell sound, suddenly no matter what's about to happen, the people are gonna turn away and find a yes, taco and bell. That's that's the crux of this campaign, mm-hmm. which I kind of enjoy. Yeah, I mean it could go on forever. I like it. Yeah. And I've only How seen many one... things can make a Taco Bell bell sound. Apparently, in this universe, a lot. anything. Yeah. Now, I've only seen one other like version Like a cotton here. ball falls <laughs> yeah. to the floor and we hear the That dong. would actually be pretty funny yeah. if they're just like, if any sound makes it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, a couple Hans of... Hans Molman's car flies <laughs> off the <laughs> end, of a, that too. end of a cliff and makes the Taco Bell sound. Right. Two people are walking uh, their dogs in the park and they're about, <laughs> they're about to meet cute, but then all of a sudden one of the dogs goes to bark, but it makes the Taco Bell sound instead. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. go crazy with it, Taco so Bell. So that's one that we made up on the fly but uh, there's actually <laughs> one other one in rotation right now right yeah and i think this one's a little stronger in part because it does get the physics right which i realize you know taco bell probably didn't think was going to be that big a deal you have uh you're in a we're in a metro station underground uh waiting for waiting for a subway train and we see two pretty nerdy kids and they are each dressed um in a full fantasy like cosplay gear yeah and they are dressed in the same cosplay gear i think it's worth noting they're each uh, the girl is wearing um they're well they're each wearing uh like sort of like goat horns i guess mm-hmm. or like ram's horns ram's horns that yeah. kind of curve around um, boots tall socks and they're both carrying this the same exact huge uh shield of right. some sort like with a some... metal shield that's yeah. got a kind of a cutout in it and it's mm-hmm. clear they are they are cosplaying from the same fantasy series or property. And they're down in the subway, 
just standing there in their same outfits and then they catch each other's eye. Yeah. Again. So again, it's kind of a, a again a romantic overtone right. or undertone. I don't know. Is it an overtone or an undertone? I don't know the difference really. Yeah, I think maybe I. just a tone. But you know, everybody talks about the subtext. <laughs> but what's above the subtext? Right. It's the text. Um. So the girl sees uh, the guy. She kind of starts to walk toward him, almost in a daze. She's so you know enamored that like here's my fellow. Here's my you know, fellow traveler, soulmate. And then her shield makes the Taco Bell sound when it hits a metal garbage can. Oh, she sees him. And then again, like Andrew said, like she just... Like her eyes just like flip open sort of like, I mean, they're already open, but they just sort of like get this far away look and she just turns heel and starts walking towards the exit. Wherever she was going, whatever was going to happen with this dude... Not important. Going, I think, to, going to Taco Bell. Now. I think you nailed it before you said Manchurian Candidate, right? Did you <laughs> yeah. say that? Yeah, yeah. It's that's exactly the look. I love Which it. Which is perhaps a little troubling, but I love I the idea of like a, a Pavlovian response. Yeah, the Taco Bell is trying to uh, engender in people, so I think that's kind of a fun can- campaign. I hope that they do more with this. I and like you said, I hope they get silly with the noise. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody about this. Um, this weekend, I think you were there for the conversation. I have not had Taco Bell, I think, in uh, what year is it? <laughs> like, for real, I don't think I've had it since college. And it's not like I'm on some sort of anti, I, you know, we don't eat a lot of fast food anyway. And if I did Taco Bell and really almost any kind of fast food Mexican, with the exception of Chipotle, which is more like fast I'll do, casual. I'll go taco time. I like it. Sometimes mm. a taco, I mean, it's taco time to call it Mexican is, I think, uh, well, barely just, true, but right as much as Taco Bell, though. No, uh, I would say less so. Really? Oh, but, see, yeah. I, I've only been there like twice or whatever. Like neither one of those hold a lot of appeal to me. But it is funny. Like I mean, I went at one point in my life. I went to Taco Bell regularly enough to have an order. Right? I'm also. I also don't eat cheese, so. You know, a that lot kind of their stuff, stuff is it's all it's very about just like how do we yeah. take the cheese and the meat and Add the wrap and then just like kind of keep changing up what it is <laughs> and the beans, I guess. And so for me, I was always I would always just get uh, soft tacos. I get four soft tacos, uh-huh. no cheese, and then just load it up with sauce. That was my that was my deal. Yeah, I never I never I've been to Taco Bell probably I can count on one hand the number of times in my life and I definitely didn't have an order. Yeah. Um. Before we leave Taco Bell, I do need to have us uh, revisit a 2001 ad that is truly blowing my mind. And did you, I don't know if you knew about this. I don't know if anyone knew about this. I was having lunch with a friend the other day. She doesn't even know that I do this podcast. And it just came up that this exists. She said, did you know Jeff Bezos was in a Taco Bell commercial? I was like, no, like, and I thought maybe she meant like before he started Amazon, like as a very young man, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, like many people, he dabbled in acting. He thought like, maybe I'll, I'll be an actor and, and, you know, it's not that hard. It's not that impossible to imagine someone could wind up in a Taco Bell commercial, you know, in the nineties or something. No, no, he's fully Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon Starring in a Taco Bell commercial. Playing Jeff Bezos? Playing Jeff Bezos. Oh, interesting. It is so bizarre. I see in your notes here, this is from 2001. Yes. So he's pretty well established at this point. Although... I mean, it's still Amazon, I think, like, the... 
the bookstore, the, bookstore. the online bookstore. Yeah, the right? online bookstore. Yeah, okay. So uh, we're in a... But he wasn't... Did we think of Amazon as Jeff Bezos's Amazon back then? Well, that's why he's identified with the lower third here oh, that I identifies see. him as Jeff Bezos, as Amazon CEO. It's so weird. So we're in a conference room, um, and Jeff Bezos is identified as such. He looks really different. He's very... He's much more pudgy in this and he's got kind of like uh, male pattern baldness instead of just baldness baldness yeah, instead of just shaving it all off um, right? yeah. yeah I mean he looks like pretty pretty dorky he's yeah weird. he looks he like, like you know Microsoft guy he's like a real like kind of George from Seinfeld <laughs> real George yeah. if you will yeah, yeah. Um, and he's sitting at this conference room table talking to his underlings um, and he's looking for like new ideas and their new idea is all about Taco Bell. PDAs, handhelds, I've seen these. What do we have that's new? Well, this just came out. PDAs, handhelds. I know. I love it. This, You know what I love about this commercial? It's timeless. <laughs> PDAs, handhelds, I've seen these. What do we have that's new? Well, this just came out. Interesting. That's the new Taco Bell chicken quesadilla. Three melted cheeses, marinated all-white meat chicken. They're calling this the hot new handheld. Can I get a demo? Yeah, sure. She picks it up and eats it. Mmm. Mm. Mm. Wow. Three melted cheeses, marinated Anyway, is that supposed to be almost like... I think it's a I think it was a little sexual, which also adds a confusing note to this. Yeah, because then the other guy is sitting at the table. He's like, wow. Right. And he didn't even try it. He's responding to her, her orgasmic reaction. And is his wow like, wow, this is sexy, or wow, this is inappropriate in a... In a business meeting in the parlance of 2001 i think that was a wow schwing oh really i think that was a schwing i was i'm unclear he looked a little appalled actually schwing was um that was wayne's world that was way before 2001 huh? yeah. wayne's world was like probably like early to mid 90s yes huh? i definitely saw it in high school so. i'll bet you there was still somebody out there saying schwing Jeff, at the workplace this, this in Jeff Bezos looks like he might be that guy maybe so it's possible. yeah yeah but what a now, strange what a strange time it was for this to be a thing that Taco Bell had as an idea. Or, okay, a couple of things here. Let me throw some things at you, okay? Um, could this have been part of a campaign where they focused on various kind of thought leaders and technological leaders? As far as I was able to tell, no. So okay. this is from a, a retroist post, uh, now itself old, from 2016, Headlined. Remember when Amazon's Amazon's Jeff Bezos appeared in a Taco Bell commercial, um, and this is by a writer named Anonymous. It says by Retroist. By so. Retroist. Um, this is from the article. The world was an interesting place in the early two thousands. Taco Bell had ended its very popular Taco Bell Chihuahua ads, R.I.P. Gidget, and was looking for a fresh face to help sell its various incarnations of the exact same thing. To your point. One of their ideas that surprisingly did not catch on was using Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos as a spoke CEO. Maybe I was still caught in the dot-com optimism, but at this time it did not strike me as weird for some reason. Hmm. Looking at it now, though, it is a real head scratch. It really is. <laughs> what, a like, what a strange artifact, right? Like Now he's like a Dr. Evil type who controls our every you know purchasing decision, but here he's just like... He somehow was just game for this. Like Taco Bell was like, what? Well, like, what did they pay him? Did he work for scale? Well, no. Here's my other idea on this: that it wasn't their idea; that it was his idea. Like, he's somebody. Like, I don't know if you know this, but I, 
from what I've picked up on, Jeff Bezos is an ambitious fellow, yes, right? Yes, okay. And so the year is 2001. He's, you know, running a very successful company that's revolutionizing things, but we still have no idea just right. how much it's going to revolutionize things. And he's just trying to get out there. He's trying to, like, you know, collaborate in any way that puts him and his company in front Interesting. of more people. So he maybe is going around just saying, like, what? you know, looking for opportunities to pair up with, with other organizations and maybe... But what a bizarre intersection like he's trying to make amazon you know become the online retailer of mm -hmm. choice i just don't see the overlap with taco bell here did you did you read this pointer article because i trust pointer a great deal there they ask the journalistic questions this is from 2014 <laughs> um let's see here uh, nope, they do even they, they do, do even, even less, less reporting. So. Thanks a lot, Pointer. I was just talking you up. I see <laughs> Business Insider has something. Well, you screwed us again, Pointer. <laughs> I'm pointering right at you <laughs> for ruining my podcast today. Um, here, uh, in his book The Everything Store, my apologies for reading this cold. Brad Stone describes a surreal moment that happened because of the commercial. It was the day after September 11th, 2001, and Bezos and a few fellow execs were driving back from Minneapolis. They had flown to Minnesota to announce a deal with Target. So again, they're just, I think, trying to mix it up and make all kinds of deals, right? And all the flights home were canceled because of the attacks. On the long, sad ride back to Washington, the Amazon team stopped at Mount Rushmore. While they somberly checked out the memorial, a group of tourists recognized Bezos not as a powerful CEO, but as the guy who had just promoted <laughs> Taco Bell's new chicken quesadilla. That doesn't get us any closer to the truth, but it is a dazzling detail. It's a detail. dazzling detail, yeah. for sure. But we still don't know, like, uh, how... Uh, how it came to be but i think it's just a really strange artifact from the early 2000s yeah i guess so um it also says here a um, little bit more just gets us a little bit closer in the dot-com era bezos and amazon team created a bunch of memorable ads featuring old guys wearing mr roger sweaters i don't remember that but that would be like amazon commercials i think perhaps more notorious than any of those though is the goofy 2001 taco bell ad that bezos starred in to raise money for the special olympics did you hear Oh, did you say that? No, but did you hear a peep about Special Olympics? Oh, I thought you were about to say, did you hear a peep of what I said before? I thought I got caught with my pants down as a bad listener, which I often am. Um, no, I don't understand that either. I feel like I need to do more research on this. If I can remember to do it, which I almost am certain not to. <laughs> okay. Um, I would like to well, figure if any, out if some if any more. listeners out there know the backstory on that ad, I didn't hear anything about Special Olympics. There was no, like, you know title card at the end about special olympics or anything uh -uh. like it just was a taco bell ad yeah i also wonder could business insider be be could, off their marbles with that could too? business like, insider have got something gotten something wrong or that's very hard for me maybe to imagine they're just deep inside um here's an article here's a write-up for it okay this is my last one i'm sorry here's a write-up for it though from 2001 back when uh, seattle still had two working newspapers this is from the seattle pi and of course because he's a local figure amazon's bezos talks up handhelds and new commercials for taco bell um so this is interesting it's from the actual time it was uh foot conan belding in san francisco who uh, connected Taco Bell and Bezos. So it wasn't Bezos' idea. It was an ad company. Um, 
think outside the bun brought to mind Amazon's Bezos. So they're trying to think about oh, people they're both who innovators. Think they're both they're innovators, Genevieve. Right. He's obviously an innovative thinker. He challenges others to think outside the box, Gannon said. This is somebody with the agency, I believe, or possibly with Taco Bell. It made sense to use him with our new campaign. For Bezos, it was all in good fun. He enjoyed doing it. I think you can tell from the commercials, said Amazon.com spokesperson Bill Curry. The fact that they still call it Amazon.com is really telling as well, right? Yeah. Bezos is donating his pay for the commercial to the Special Olympics. Uh, Taco Bell execs agreed to match the donation and is giving two uh, is giving twenty grand to Teen Supreme partnership between Taco Bell and the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. So that gets us a little bit closer. Yeah, it was the ad agency and Taco Bell trying to think outside the bun. They just, you know, ended their last campaign, which was iconic with that dumb little dog. <laughs> did you like those? Did you like those commercials? Uh, they didn't. They haven't. They uh, they weren't a favorite of mine. They didn't. They didn't I didn't find them objectionable. Yeah, they weren't a favorite of mine either. Um, okay, now uh, one more campaign here. So the, this is going to be King of the Mountain, right? Yes. The, this campaign I am very excited about. Okay. Um, we got to watch all four that I could find from this campaign because I love them all. I don't, it's like I don't even know if I could pick a favorite. They are all so good. Mm. This is for Vroom. Vroom is one of those online, we buy your car, we'll sell you a car kind of, kind of places. And they're big pitch here is that other online car places I guess I don't know I'm trying to think of like which ones what is it Carvana that you know claims to be like the car vending machine yes exactly not to be confused with like car max which is like the just check I think out that's the blue like book check out the blue book yeah. yeah so room is trying to make the pitch that other online car places or just going to the dealership well, ultimately, you'll find yourself in the kind of dealership negotiation or situation that we all kind of dread, right? Like the, That does not all, surprise me. I've never used it, but yes. that doesn't surprise me at all. It's like, hey, look, we're like a vending machine for cars. It's Next very thing you know, hard you're to just have a car actually just dropped off like exactly. a like an Amazon package, yeah. right? But Amazon.com. Amazon.com package, right. So Vroom uh, claims that they really do have this figured out. Whether they do or not, I don't know, but I love their ads for it. Mm-hmm. So... Let's start with this one that is called Needless Negotiations. Mm-hmm. So in this one, we have a young woman. She's standing on top of um, one of those open air uh, parking garages. You know, she's at, mm-hmm. on the top floor. So she's out under, you know, out outside. She's got her car there. Clearly, she's they've, they've chosen this as a meeting place for her to sell her car that she's negotiated with somebody on Craigslist or whatever um, to sell her car to. And the guy arrives, and she thinks that they've agreed on a price, but he's got other ideas. I'll buy it. Great, eleven thousand, like we agreed. Eleven grand's a little steep, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I got four hundred dollars here in cold cash, and I got my Nana's wedding ring. What? Do you like ocean stuff? Fresh frozen lobster. <laughs> you add all this up, basically, it's eleven grand. Never now, I love that effect yes. there because that's the through line through all these commercials. Precisely. Right? So after we get through of his terrible pitch of trying to sell her these um, these shrink wrapped lobsters and four hundred dollars and a and his nana's wedding ring t- for her car, the whole scene uh, revolves sort of uh, vertically, like you know, kind of like a like a trap door or something. It just like the whole thing revolves, and suddenly. She's no longer on the uh, on the roof here with this guy. She's sitting in her home in front of her computer. It's a really hard effect to describe if you haven't seen it. But you're right. The whole camera tilts. And then she is not 
uh, unaffected by this change in camera. Like she tilts with it and her hair all kind of falls with yeah, gravity. Yeah, it's a nice effect. And then it's almost like she comes through a floor somewhere else. Um, like you said, almost like a trap door. Like if, if – almost like um, – God, I love this as a kid. Those, those fake bookshelves yeah. that you'd see in like a Scooby-Doo or something Very like that. Very Scooby-Doo. Only yeah. it's like on the ground. And so suddenly she flips around and then you see like kind of... And she does a good job, by the way. Her her The look she gives him when he says, um, my Nana's wedding ring is great. Yes. And then she gets this real look of like kind of peaceful calm when she's back in her her apartment behind her computer. And it looks like maybe she's got a friend or a boyfriend or somebody yeah. sitting in, in the uh, apartment with her. And I got my Nana's wedding ring. What? Do you like ocean stuff? Fresh <laughs> frozen lobsters. If you add all this up, basically it's 11 grand. Never negotiate with strangers again. Room offered 12000 Yeah, and I didn't have to haggle. Sell your car entirely online on Vroom.com. I find her just generally appealing. Yes, she's very yeah. appealing. Um, yeah, and that effect really, that's that's what gets you, and I love that they stick with it. I don't think, I've only seen one other of these, so what else you got loaded here? Well, these each one of these deals with a problem that we can all relate to, or most many of us can relate to, in terms of buying, selling, or haggling over a car. Mm-hmm. In this one, a woman goes to a dealership, and she's getting ignored by the male sales uh, associates until she pulls up a puppet that looks, mm-hmm. I, I think it looks sort of like a puppet Alec Baldwin. <laughs> but then she, um, that's not relevant. It's just what I think it looks like. Um, and she d- starts doing a very sort of crappy uh, ventriloquist act, making the puppet ask the questions so that the salespeople will talk to the man in the relationship. Uh... Welcome to Mountain View. Excuse me, I'm looking for a low mileage SUV with a V8. Everybody's ignoring her. Pulls out the puppet. Excuse me, do you have any V8 SUVs, bro? Bro, I've got a sick (laughs) SUV back here. Scene flips. Never be ignored at a dealership again. And they're dropping off her car. Yep. Nice. Buy your car entirely online on Vroom. That's really funny. I hadn't seen that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Bro. I hate it when people call me bro. And there's something very funny. Like, you can see her doing the voice of the puppet, mm-hmm. which is really well yeah, done. Yeah. Oh, so this next one I had not seen before today, but it's where we got our little drop from the top of the show. I love this one. Yeah, this one's very funny. So this kind of gets at that problem of you think you're doing all the buying online, but then when it really comes to mm-hmm. it, you have to somehow be at a dealership. Yeah. So we open up with a kind of a dingy looking van driving out somewhere in the desert. You know, it's very scary looking. And they they open up the van. They pull a guy out. Um, uh, these two kind of heavy muscle dudes pull, pull this guy out. He's dressed in his bathrobe and he's got a blindfold on. And they throw him towards these very uh, oddball characters who are running this dealership out in the middle of Death Valley. Come on. He's yours now. We got your car, sweetie. A dealership? I thought this was an online thing. (laughs) It looks like you done picked the wrong website, Chief. It's time to sign, baby. (laughs) Scene flips. So you didn't go to a dealership? No. 
With room, you don't have to. Never go to a dealership again. And his car is uh, just pulling up, or I'm sorry, his, yeah, his car is pulling up on a tr- on a flatbed truck. Um, I like yeah. the way they show that it's coming out yeah. of a flatbed truck. I think that really clarifies for people like yeah. how this would actually work. Agreed. I think these are such good pitches. I love this woman who's running this uh, weird. Um, she's David scary. Lynchian yes. auto dealership. She like she's wearing these big glasses, and but one of the glasses, one of like the lenses for some reason is all like either fogged up or it's got a real twin peaks quality it really to does it. Yeah. right like the bald cowboy guy or absolutely something. yeah um and then there's one more of these oh i think i've seen this one this is the one where is he actually being tortured yeah so this is kind of like this gets at that idea that we all have and this is a trope that's been used in other contexts that being at the dealership is like being tortured yeah so you have a guy he's got paul Shear to expose <laughs> that trope he's he's trapped to a chair He's trying to ask the dealer if he can just talk about this with his wife before he makes a decision to buy. But the dealer has other ideas that include a car battery and some uh, jumper cables. So, you're going to buy the car? Please, if I could just go home and discuss things with my wife. I've been here all weekend. You can leave any time you want. That is so dark. It's pretty dark. Never go to a dealership again. When the scene flips, he's when the scene flips, he's sitting in his front yard uh, with his wife, just comfortably waiting for their car to arrive on the flatbed truck. That was painless. Go to vroom.com, buy a car. God, though. That's pretty dark. Evoking like a car battery torture. Pretty di- Romero pretty, style. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty grim. But yeah. I, you know, I don't know if, if uh, I mean, look, I don't work for Amnesty International. Like, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. So that's it, huh? If you don't work for Amnesty, then you can People find torture scenes funny. Well, it's one way to do it. <laughs> it's like, but well, the second you land that job. <laughs> you got to stop. <laughs> you got to erase all your old tweets. At AI, then, yeah. yeah. All right. What do we got in the ad council? Well, we've got um, something that Britt shared on Facebook, which I'm so glad you did, Britt, because uh, this really spoke to me. Do you remember when you walked in... Um, do you remember the one time you've walked in to me watching TV recently when there wasn't something sexy happen- happening on <laughs> yes, the screen? Yeah, it's when you weren't watching one of your softcore porn. One, one of my sexy shows. Um, I was watching Red Notice, which is this like new Netflix movie with The Rock, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. And it's a very fun heist movie. It's super popcorn-y, you know, very watchable. And it's just that these three, you know, mega stars having fun with each other and like being silly and doing a heist. Yeah. And to- listeners, you got to understand if there is not a steamy scene in the movie and Genevieve still likes it, it's got to be good. It's got to be good. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed it. I, I watched it, you know, Netflix served it up to me, you know, advertised it to me quite aggressively and I watched and enjoyed it. Um, but typical of Ryan Reynolds, uh, some of the marketing for it uh, that Brit shared on Facebook is really fun and like offbeat and weird and just uh just enjoyable and just ryan as i want to say brit said it the best ryan being ryan and thank god someone's got to do it so this is ryan reynolds seated at um an antiques roadshow and we all know what that is right Mm -hmm. um he is seated at the antiques roadshow table talking to the antique expert and between them on the table is this egg that's about the size of an ostrich egg that's 
bejeweled and gilded and very fancy and you they explain a little bit in this in this uh, little marketing video what it is but basically the plot of this movie is that there are these three um, eggs from the era of Cleopatra that uh, I mean of course a total just they're nothing there's a MacGuffin but like that's the premise is that they're these three priceless eggs that these thieves are trying to get to and sell uh, before the others can get to it and he's uh, here in character of the character he plays in the movie, right? It says Nolan Booth, right. played by Ryan Reynolds. Okay, so here. But we go. I mean, here's the thing about Nolan Booth: his he's not that different from Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Like, there's not a lot of daylight between Ryan Reynolds and the character he plays in the movie and the character he plays in the in this <laughs> promo. And the character he plays in Deadpool. And exactly. <laughs> and the character he plays I mean, in there's a, mobile ads. There's a lot of turning to camera. <laughs> put it that way. What can you tell me about this? Yes, it's an egg. Right. And what is the family history? Well, no, it's, uh, this is not a, a family heirloom. <laughs> now, my family disowned me years ago. They don't like me. But this is, a, this is more of an heirloom that, um, that my good friend at the museum uh, lent me. And so this all plays into the plot of the movie, right? Like his family disowned sense, him. No, or, really, this, this is, is just we're just making no, up facts we're just making about up, his character. They're just now. making up this backstory. The, but the, the egg plays a part in the, the movie. The only thing that is relevant to the movie is the backstory they're going to tell you about this egg and the fact that it was in a in a museum. He's well, not aware that he lent it to me. So it sounds a little complicated. It is a little complicated. So that's going to perhaps play into the value because of regulatory. Issues. Can I just yes. say, I love this guy who he is clearly an actor because he's playing along, but he could not seem more like a real Antiques Roadshow expert. Are you sure that this isn't, um, this is, it's uh, Antiques Roadshow's Lark E. Mason. Oh, maybe it really is. I think it really is. It must be a real one, but he's obviously playing along, but he yeah. really, he doesn't, uh, he, he, he does a really good job of acting like he's really uh, evaluating this movie prop. I just... Did a quick Google. Yes, this is Larky yeah. Mason. He is on Antiques Roadshow. So he's the he's the real deal. There'll be a lot of issues. I recognize that this was one of the three gold eggs commissioned by Cleopatra at the end of her life, 30 BC. Two of them went into public collections. And during World War II, one of them disappeared. German soldiers had taken it to a secure hideaway, and there it remained up until recently. An FBI agent, as I recall, I, I can't remember exactly, but a very muscular, handsome, That's the rock. talented man. Yeah, I am totally uh, passing away here. Uh, what um, would you generally just, say the price of, a, of, a, of an object like this would be? If we could clear up the complications of how you acquired it, this could sell for over $100 million wow. at auction. That is amazing. $100 million, though, wow. I Boy. think that there's a lot of upside. Yeah, this is great. Thank you, Lark. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. $100 million. <laughs> There's a little tag on the end here. Now he's got another like object. Okay, so this is still the Ryan Reynolds character, but now with a different buyer, or I should say appraiser, yeah. uh, who I assume is also a real antiques roadshow And they're just guy. looking at a half-eaten bagel <laughs> on the table. Literally a half-eaten bagel. It looks like a half-eaten bagel. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is just silently chewing. So I That's love great. it. Yeah, I mean, I love what it. a I mean, 
I was we were just kind of dunking on Amazon and Jeff Bezos for their seemingly random uh, collaboration between Taco Bell and and Amazon. But I love the completely uh, like dissonant. Uh, you know, like this, you would never think to to pair up these two brands, right? Yeah. But there it is. It's just very fun, and it's it's Ryan Reynolds is such a fun guy. He really is. Can I share with you two of the YouTube comments underneath Please. this? this is, you know, that's gonna be good. This was posted on Netflix by their official Netflix Film Club, you know, account, and um, the top comment is from the official Antiques Roadshow account <laughs> and they say we'd listen to Lark he's one of our top experts oh Antiques Roadshow which is good but it's also I'm, I'm a little surprised that PBS would post something with a, a comma splice like that oh you're right we'd listen to Lark comma he's Should one of our top experts or a, yeah or a you semicolon. could get away with a semicolon there period would be cleaner um, but then uh, two days ago uh, somebody going by the name Bruce Hubbard which I assume is this fellow's real name says this is why I love Ryan. His humor is just awesome. Ryan, if you read this, funny, funny bit, man. <laughs> Keep it up. You know, now, that has one thumbs up. Is there any chance in the world that Ryan Reynolds gave that a thumbs up? I sure up? hope so. <laughs> I just love that somebody named Bruce Hubbard a couple of days ago thought like, I'm going to leave a nice comment, and there's a chance that Ryan Reynolds might see it. Whereas I'm not worried at all that Eddie Pepitone... <laughs> Paul Shear. Like, wouldn't it be amazing <laughs> if somehow this got back to Paul Shear and he's like, why does Eddie Pepitone have beef with me? That and why did we dog his like new campaign from well, T-Mobile? Well, that's true too. Paul, we're huge fans. Paul, it was just this one late. campaign. Stop listening. I really think that the that phone these phone service providers are like absolute death for comedic actors. <laughs> Yeah, we have a whole. Actually, that could have been. We have a whole theory about that. that yes. we're going to do a show Let's, on. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think we even teased that on the show already, and we keep forgetting. Yeah, but, yeah, but I love it, Ryan. If you read this, <laughs> funny, funny bit, man. <laughs> funny, funny bit. Keep it up. family might have even purchased a bag or two first of all i am a huge fan of tater skins um you can't like the, the specific these specific ones, ones which you can't get anymore but the closest that you can get is the mm. like tgi fridays tater skin oh, right and you can only get those in gas stations when you're like somewhere 50 miles from a metro area road tripping yeah. um, so i will always get the tater skins when i'm doing my road trip eating mm-hmm and this Tato Skin uh, jingle definitely got stuck in my head. I I could have I was singing it along with Melly. Like <laughs> I uh, I have been hearing I've been remembering this jingle for decades. 
Keebler presents the appealing taste of baked potato skins in a crispy, crunchy chip. Potato skins got baked potato appeal, cause they're made with potatoes oh, yeah. and skins yeah, yeah. that are real. The Keebler elves make potato skins with real potatoes and real potato skins for a flavor oh, with old baked so potato well. appeal. Cheddar cheese and bacon, sour cream and chives, tasty baked potato, you won't believe your eyes, they're made with potatoes and skins that are real. Potato skins from Keebler, baked potato appeal. I like that the last one that they um, list is just baked potato flavored because like I don't like <laughs> any like you know I don't like you won't sour eat sour cream, cream and chive bacon, bacon cheddar right and so the third one is just for me it's just back to it's just and it's like it's not plain <laughs> baked potato flavored cheddar cheese and bacon sour cream and chives tasty baked potato you won't it's believe it's tasty baked potato tasty baked potato and that's the kind that we would get I remember you see the Keebler elves in the animation like uh, uh, peeling the yes. potato like th- it takes three of them to if peel I the potato could, I remember that so so well. If I were somehow time travel transported back to the 80s, the first thing I would do is go get a big bag of these. Do you want to examine that for a second? That's the first thing. It's not the only thing do. I would do. The one of the first things I would do. Huh, I would love to be able to get some. What else skins. is on your list? <laughs> it's the 80s. Let's see here. You know, go see a Depeche Mode go show. Go see a Depeche Mode show. I like that. If it's um, 89, you could also go see Batman in theaters. That'd again. be fun. That'd yeah. Be- <laughs> I'm terrible at this. All right, you want to get out of here? Yeah. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I'd probably go collect a whole bunch of uh, California raisins memorabilia. Because <laughs> it's so valuable now. And then, yeah, I'd, I'd pick a real, yeah. I'd do a real biff. Uh, yeah, you, you, except Biff didn't buy something that proved worthless. He actually bet on things that were very valuable. Do you know this photo of me that has resurfaced recently from when I am in my just ultimate awkward stage, which was a very long stage, but I'm going to put me at about 11 years old here, and it's me and three other buddies that live near me, and we're all standing in the driveway with our skateboards, and we look varying degrees of awkward. Like, Lenny Samoski looks chill as hell. Uh-huh. He's just like, he looks like a, a young Paul Simon, just couldn't have a care in the world. Then you have... Uh, Tim Cassida, and he's looking kind of fierce in a fake leather uh, jacket uh, with his skateboard. Then you have Donald Mora, who looks a little bit bookerishy, you know, a little, little bit more of a tough guy, and uh-huh. maybe slightly less comfortable in the skin. And then you have me. And then there's Andy. I'm wearing big metal, like big wire rim glasses like Dwight Schrute. Uh-huh. I'm about 40 pounds you were still overweight, wearing when I met probably. You. Well, those were round. No, these. No, no. When we met, I was wearing more George Costanza oh, glasses. These are Dwight glasses. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. And again, I'm like 11 years old. I am like the tallest one. I'm just like so. I am. I'm overweight and also just making like the. It's the. It's the face that represents how I feel inside all the time. Aww. Just like the most awkward, like grimacing face at the camera. And you can see that under my jacket, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Yeah. And today, that photo came up for some reason today in a text conversation I was having with an old friend from that era. And I was like, you kind of got to, if I was cooler then, as a heavy kid, wearing a hefty, hefty, hefty t-shirt would have been like, kind of like cool and knowing, right? Right. But instead, it was just like, I don't know, my parents got it somewhere (laughs) and I was wearing it. Um, And so there was nothing cool about the photo, but I would really kill for a hefty, hefty, hefty T-shirt. I looked all over for it. You couldn't find one. You remember that actual campaign, right? Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. 
Of course, I remember the campaign. Yeah. But man, what I wouldn't give for an official hefty, hefty, hefty t-shirt. Where were we? Uh, I think we were trying to wrap up the show. Oh, okay, go so ahead. You can uh, call us at 607-444-5597. Sing us an awesome jingle. Um, or email us at after these messages show at Gmail. Or visit us on the Facebook group. There's a lot of fun stuff happening there. All right. Hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week. On a scale of computers, I'm complicated, I'm complex. I'm intelligence in the age of the Internet, where you're as smart as how quickly you can use your smartphone. I'm complex. Wimpy bags are fine for wimpy jobs, but don't send one to do a hefty job. When the pressure's on, hefty stretches where wimpy bags break. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Want a bag you can rely on? Then don't send a wimpy bag to do a hefty job. Hefty, hefty, hefty.